This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, August 16th, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. Are realtors and new cars a ripoff? Is the free market rife with scam artists? Economist John Lott argues in his book, Freedomnomics, that the market works to serve consumers, not scam artists. Lott spoke at a Cato Book Forum July 14th. In your book, you dispute claims in particular markets that asymmetries of information are very widespread from the market to nearly new autos to uh, realtors. Could you talk about that? Right. Well, I think uh, a lot of people view there as being difficulties with the market and forming customers, and that because of that, uh, you don't have trades that would normally you'd want to occur taking place. And I'm happy to admit that people aren't perfectly informed about everything, but uh, that creates profit opportunities for people to try to solve that because customers know that uh, they may make mistakes, that people may take advantage of them. And so just as firms compete uh, against each other and on the basis of price or on the basis of quality, they also compete against each other on trying to assuage these fears that customers may have that they may be taken advantage of. And um, uh, the car example that you bring up is one perfect case. There's a fear about so-called lemons uh, with regard to cars, that uh, the claim is is that uh, there's a huge drop in the price of a car when you buy it. Uh, you take it off the new car lot, and the claim is it can fall by 20 25% in value simply by taking it off. I'm sure many people have heard that type of story, uh, particularly if they've gone out and bought a new car. And, uh, in fact, it's not true. Uh, it's pretty easy to go and test that. You can just go to Kelly Blue Book. They have very detailed information on not only the manufacturer's suggested retail price, but the actual price that new cars sell for. And, uh, and then they have detailed information on how many miles and the age of the car. And you can see... Uh, very detailed information on the prices that people can sell a car for. So you can go and look at the private transfer price. If you have a car and you sell it to another private individual or you trade it in on a new car, and if you compare cars that only have a few thousand miles on it that are almost brand new, uh, and uh, you you only see about a 4% drop in the value of the car between when what you actually purchased it for and uh, what you're able to resell it for. And in fact, that's probably an overestimate because the price that you you buy the car for doesn't include kind of the discounts in terms of like zero interest rates uh, on insurance. And, and, the, and the bottom line is this, is that um, let's say you really believe that the price of the car would fall by $5,000 or something like that. Um, and your car really was a car in good shape. It wasn't a lemon, and people shouldn't be fearful of it. Uh, the question is, can you convince people of that for less than $5,000? And if you can, then you can make money on it. Because, um, you know, is there a mechanic that could certify your car? Could the original place that you bought the car for do some type of 120-point inspection to certify the cars of a particular quality? Uh there are other ways because the manufacturer cares about the fact that you think your car is going to be able to reta- retain its resale value. If you think a car retains more of its resale value, then that lets them charge a higher price to begin with for the car. People aren't going to be willing to pay as much if they think it falls by 25% as soon as they drive it off the showroom uh, floor. And um, 
and so car companies do things like have transferable warranties because even if the car did turn out to be a lemon, uh, if you have a 36,000 or 60,000-mile warranty and the car is almost brand new, you're going to get covered for a long time. So if any types of problems do develop, you're going to be taken care of. Um, so the bottom line is that uh, while there may be incentives in some sense to try to take advantage of people, there's even bigger incentives, I would argue, through things like reputations, to go and solve those problems because customers care about those things being solved. They don't like being cheated or ending up with a lemon. And if you have something that's really valuable, people will make profits figuring out some way of communicating that information to the customer. In the book forum you participated in, Jared Bernstein suggested that there was something of a straw man that he said lurking in the book. And his suggestion was that there is no particular great impulse against markets, generally speaking, and they people generally do not want to impede the operation of markets. Could you talk about that? Well, maybe there's not the overall desire to socialize all companies like there may have been among some people in the past. But I think uh, um, it's pretty hard to go and listen to a lot of the debates that occur in Congress or in the community generally and not hear a big push for increased government regulation, whether it be anything from Sarbanes-Oxley a few years ago to the energy price regulations that they're putting forward to medical system and all the regulations that government's constantly putting forward there. doesn't seem like people trust the market very much. And one just has to listen to the evening news reports where claims about so-called rampant corporate fraud or um, anybody from real estate agents to doctors supposedly taking advantage of their customers I think uh, uh, people have a much more pessimistic view of the market and how it works and the incentives people have to go and solve problems than, uh, than is justified. John Lott is the author of Freedomnomics, Why the Free Market Works and Other Half-Baked Theories Don't. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. Please check out our weekly videocast available for subscription at our website, cato.org.